Hey, y'all. Hey. I promise you I am not by myself today. And if you'll do me a favor before our guests come in, if you'll start sharing the video, we will get started in just a few minutes. I do not want you to miss this interview. Oh my God, let me bring them back on one more time. Can you hear us? Uh-huh, can you hear me? We can't hear you. Oh, well, you can't. Mm. What have we done? That's okay, because we can hear you perfectly. Hold on just a second. Hey y'all, I see y'all coming in, come in, come in quickly, come in quickly, quick. Come in quickly, come in quickly. Hey y'all, how y'all doing? Hey, hey. Okay. Uh oh. You're fine. You're fine. All right, I can hear you guys. Are we good? Can y'all hear me? Yes, ma'am. Perfect. Oh my gosh. I love being able to work through a technical difficulty. Good morning. Hey y'all, we got people coming in line and coming online fast. Um, so yeah, welcome to Cup Christ Unveiling Purpose. I'm always excited about um, this, this interview because this interview involves um, my leaders, my spiritual parents, um, my God, my mentors, my coach, they have seen me through so many phases of life. And so I wanted to bring them today because for a few things, one, they're just really, really dope. And then two, <laughs> y'all are really dope. And then two, um, we have a major conference coming up, the Family Motif Conference that's coming up next weekend. And we wanna involve you guys and get you in to be a part of this. So Apostle and Pastor Cheryl, why don't you say hello to everyone and then we'll get started. Hello everyone. I say the same thing. <laughs> We want to thank uh, Minister LMJ for having us on this platform. We thank God for each of you, and hopefully this will uh, enlighten you on this why family motif. Yeah, and why it's so important. Um, so we're going to jump right in and we're going to get started. I hope that you're sharing the video right now because everyone needs to hear what we're going to talk about today. Everyone needs to be a part of this conversation. And Apostle, I wanna start with you or Pastor Cheryl can answer. Um, my first thing is, why, what, what's the purpose? What was God's original design 
for the family because I think we've lost a sense of what family is supposed to be about. So will you bring us back home and tell us what's God's purpose for the family? Um, well, thank you um, for that question. And again, thanks for having us on uh, to talk about this. You know, without getting too complicated, um, you know, we have to all, always remember we're not to ask uh, the created thing why it was created. We are to go to the one who created it because he's the one that had the original idea. And that's almighty God himself. When God, uh, he didn't, uh, uh, contrary to many beliefs, he didn't create the universe and create the earth and, and the various uh, stellar systems and then think, oh, I'll create man. He did, he did it the opposite way. He had a family in mind. He wanted his own children. And so he created everything for them. Hmm. And so when he finished creating everything. It's kind of like when a woman is pregnant, um, we say that she is uh, expecting Ooh. and she's, she's carrying that baby, but then the, the wife, the, the mother the, and the husband, they go and get the room ready for the baby. The baby hadn't arrived yet, but they get the room ready. And you have the pictures and you have the sheets and the crib and you got the little musical things. All of it, everything is, is in place. Then they stand back and say, now that's good. That, I, that this is what I want. Then the baby comes. And so that's what God did uh, with, with man when he created man. He created uh, the entire universe. All of this was created for man because God was family-minded. He mm -hmm. wanted a family. He created us in his image and likeness. And so here we are in this three-dimensional world, this natural realm, uh, but yet we are made in God's image and likeness, and we are spirit beings like God. We live eternally. So in this three-dimensional world, the family, husband, wife, and children are a, uh, like a little nucleus, uh, a nuclear picture of what God's original intent was. And in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, he says, let them have dominion and be fruitful and multiply. He wasn't talking about having a bunch of children only. He was saying, there's something in you, uh, this that I have set up. I want it spread all over the this globe. And so uh, that's the power that a family has. Now, after sin entered the scene, everything got dumbed down, even the purpose of the family. And uh, now that Christ has come and redeemed us, the family is being moved back to its original intent. And if, when we understand the, the power of the family, then we'll start appreciating uh, what the responsibility is to society. I hope that makes sense. Makes, no, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think that's what we need to come back into. Like you said, seeking the creator, understanding what the, the family is as a whole, because what we keep seeing is 
break-offs or spin-offs or other things that we're making acceptable when God had an original design and an original intent, right? Um, mm -hmm. Pastor Cheryl, um, is there anything you want to add to that that just God may be speaking to your heart? Well, I just feel like the timing of this season is of the essence because the family has gotten so far off base. Uh, so many things have, have happened to disrupt the family units. Uh, it's just not functioning the way God intended for it to function. And then we've got the redefining uh, thing that's going on, which is out of order. It's out of God's order. Yeah. And when things are out of order, you're not going to have anything but chaos. Yeah. So we have a lot of chaos in our families and the family is not functioning the way it should be functioning, the way God wants it to function. We're supposed to be able to have dominion in the earth. God, I believe God gives each family uh, special gifts, talents, abilities uh, that they are to dominate in those in those arenas. You know, it used to be you could see in the church where there's a family that all of them are teachers. You see a family that all of them are doctors, all of them are lawyers. And they were leading their family down this path, but somehow that all got lost. But I do believe God gives assignments to families. And if the enemy can come in and disrupt those things, then we won't fulfill our our original intent to the fullest. You know, you'll have some that will be able to go on and, and find what God wants them to do because they seek God. But then you have some of the family that's just kind of left to themselves for whatever reason to try to figure it out. Yeah. But God wanted us as a unit yeah. to be able to accomplish and do things um, by his design. And with all the roles important, right? I think we Amen. I think we keep missing or trying to put ourselves in a role and saying, because I have this role, it may be impossible for me to fulfill the assignment. But in the family unit, each role adds to the value of the assignment, right? right. Each mm -hmm. gift adds to right. the value of the assignment. So no one is you know, left behind. So we're all right. important. We all matter. The children have value. The husband Amen. has value. Everybody. The wife has value. Even as people start to age, they still have value, right? Because Amen. the assignment isn't fulfilled until when, Apostle? When is the assignment fulfilled? It's, it's fulfilled when, when the Spirit of God reveals to the individual that it's fulfilled. Uh, like Apostle Paul said, I have finished my course. Well, uh, that doesn't mean he was flawless and he hit, uh, he checked every box, but the Lord let him know he has come to the end. He's finished. And then he let him know that, uh, okay, you're going to Rome and they're going to behead you. You're on the way out. And so, uh, you know, that sounds gruesome and rough, but he, it was time for him to exit out. But the Spirit of God will let everyone know if we are walking with him, yeah. uh, that your assignment is up. Even when assignments change, mm -hmm. assignments can shift. Uh, and 
and go into other phases. Yeah. He, will, he will let you know uh, uh, a new phase is coming up. Every transition, uh, the Lord will challenge us where we are. He'll challenge our faith. He won't allow us to get uh, comfortable uh, and settle into a place. And um, But we'll when we understand the magnitude of our assignment, then we'll have an idea in our heart as to when we're coming up on the date that is being completed. That's good. Not so much the date, but the time frame somewhere in that. And we don't, and I think we don't, we, um, because of frustration, anxiety, fear, and one of the questions I'm getting ready to ask you is because I think it's probably one of the number one killers of what's going on in the family unit. Because strife occurs, then we don't walk away from our assignment, but we see that happening so much, right? So how... Um, how can we strife proof our families? What kind of things can we do to keep strife out? And we know sometimes the divorce is inevitable. Just there's things that happen, right? And we know those things, but it seems like once a little bit of strife gets in, once the enemy puts a little bit of offense, then he'll start lying to you about the assignment, about your value as a wife, about your value as a husband. How do we strife-proof our families? Um, the scripture says, uh, Apostle Paul made this statement, I was crucified with Christ. So there is a, it's like a, an experiencing of a death. You have to, you have to decrease so that he can increase. Yeah. Unfortunately, we spend too much of our time uh, trying to increase uh, at his the expense of the Lord's decrease uh, because we're building names, making a name for ourselves at his expense. We use him, his name, his word, his agenda, but it's to promote us. And so that's selfishness which means that those are doors that are open. Anytime doors are open that are contrary to the will of God, then the enemy has a legal right to come in and sow all kinds of things, uh, do things. Remember, there was a parable where uh, the Lord talked about this, this man, his servants, they had, they had planted wheat. And then they looked up and there was it started coming up and they came and told the owner, they said, there are, uh, there's tears here. And he said, an enemy has done this. And they said, do you want us to go and pull them up? He said, absolutely not. One of the reasons he didn't want them to pull it up because it says that while men slept, the enemy came in. So the open door was sleeping on the job. Enemy was, uh, the enemy came in and sowed tares. Well, tares look just like wheat until they become full grown. They're poisonous. And so poison was sown in. And then the other reason he didn't want them to pull, pull it up uh, was because the tares, when they grow underground, they wrap their roots around the surrounding wow. root system, which is the wheat. So if you pull up, the tares are like, okay, to pull me out, you're going to have to pull the weed out, which defeats your whole purpose. And so there are things that uh, doors get open. Well, strife uh, 
it creates all kinds of diabolical situations, but it opens doors, windows, chimney caps, uh, all of that uh, for the enemy to come in and sow things. Well, when we walk in humility, we humble ourselves before the Lord, then he begins to deal with our hearts and we find that strife is an issue of the heart. Uh, James said, where do these wars come from that you keep finding yourself in? He said, it's because of something that is in you. It's working. It's, it's living off of your system. Wow. And so it's, it's like a, a leech. That thing is alive, sucking the blood or the life out of a person. But that's, that's, you have to see strife that way. If we see it for what it is, it's a, it's a demon spirit, then we can, uh, we should have the sensitivity of the spirit of God to repent and cut that thing off. Amen. When you throw it out, then you can, uh, if as a husband, if I allow the spirit of God to show me and help me to deal with strife, if that's an issue that I have, then as I deal with it and learn to walk free of it, then I can help my wife. I can help my children, uh, not go out and try to fix society. We need to get our nucleus whole and healthy uh, so that we can learn how to overcome. And, uh, but you know, it's going to take humility. That's, that's, that's the, uh, uh, four corners of the United States answer. <laughs> can I say? No, I, I just, want you to say something, and then I need you to answer this for me. Okay. What does apostle mean by sleeping on the job? I think, because I know how powerful you are. What is it like for a wife to be sleeping in her household? What does that mean? Uh, to, you want to answer that now? You can answer both, but just uh, answer, say okay. what you were going to say, and then I need you to come back and ask that, okay? Okay. okay. Also, the scripture tells us, I believe it's in Proverbs, you know, we're all responsible for our own behavior, our own heart. And the scripture says, guard your heart, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. So if everybody would, would uh, be accountable for not having strife, letting strife rest in their heart, we know when we get angry and we determine we're not going to forgive or we just don't, we want to stay mad a little bit longer and let that thing fester. Yes. When we let it fester like this, then you, you become powerless. You just let your power go in the family. You just, you just turned over your authority to the enemy because you are operating in what he operates in. And the Bible says where there's envy and strife, there's every evil confusion and every evil work. And what do we see in the family? We see confusion. Yes. Somebody's always upset about something. Uh, if it's not our immediate family, it's the distant family. Well, we, you know, over here, we do this and you know, we're not going to have nothing to do with those over there because I don't agree with this and that. So we have to become responsible for what we allow in and out of our heart. We got to be aware of our thought process, all of those things so that we don't allow the enemy to have a, open, you know, give him place. You know, he can't just run up in here. Yes. You have to open the door for him. Yes. Amen. So we yes. don't want to, we don't want to open the door to the enemy and allow him to run havoc the way he has 
with our families and our relationships. Yeah, can I inject something? Yes, please. The, uh, where, as you mentioned, where there's Indian strife, there's confusion and every evil work. Uh, the confusion is not just, uh, I'm confused. It is actually uh, groups of demon spirits that now are on assignment to put a cap over your life and they have access to your thinking. Yeah. It's being oppressed in the mind. And so confusion is not just, well, I don't know, uh, you know, this little casual thing. It When, when God uh, came down uh, and confused the, the, uh, the language at the Tower of Babel, he didn't just sca uh, scrabble up their language. He released confusion into the whole situation the whole and it okay. shut down that entire system because they said let us make a name for ourselves in other words we know how god's system operates we just want to operate it without him and so god released confusion in the whole in the whole thing and they could, not only could they not uh communicate with each other they couldn't think beyond a certain point and so there are some people they are because of uh, uh, strife and all the contention and all that. They are limiting themselves. They can't see opportunities because of the confusion. They wow. can't see their way out, which traps them below uh, the line of living that God wants people to be in. Uh, some people are trapped in poverty because this is uh, the operation of a curse that came as a result of someone opening the door to confusion. Uh, a generation or two back, wow. but they didn't know about it. And the enemy uh, relies on, he uses ignorance to control folks. Uh, if we don't know the truth, then we can say and do things and call it the truth. But if I call a, uh, if I call my German shepherd a, a uh, orangutan, that doesn't make him an orangutan. You know, that's just my ignorance. Of, of, of what's really going on. Yes. And so when we start realizing that strife is going to release confusion, then yes. I need to find out what in the world is confusion and what does it do? Uh, it can, it's like snapping a life in half. And you don't even know you, that your life has been snapped in half until now it's over with. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, they, they left so soon. Yeah. Well, we need to find out you know, what caused that. And so that, that's, a, that's a serious question, because if you want to damage society, stir up strife in the family, and that family will never, ever get attraction to be effective uh, in society for the kingdom of God. I'm talking about Christian folks. Amen. Not it's unsaved people. We don't know. Yeah, Man. not unsaved people. We always no. make it like it's unsaved people, right? But it's, it's his plot and his plan and his ploy to destroy our families. I tell the boys all the time, I don't mind y'all not getting along, but when I feel like this is starting to pull into strife, strife is not allowed in my house. Y'all can take that mess somewhere else. You got to figure it out, right? Because 
We are in movement for the kingdom. If the enemy can have y'all mad at each other and falling out, right? Then you won't support each other. You won't love each other. You won't pour into each other the way that you're supposed to do. And then you sleeping in walls intensely, right? With an intensity. And the fruit of the spirit is joy, love, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Y'all dropping nuggets today. I need you to go back to Pastor Show because, because Apostle, yeah. you said something. I want Apostle to answer this too. Pastor Show, what does it mean if a woman is sleeping in our house? Because when we do this conference, the first conference, mm-hmm. the second conference, we're going to mm-hmm. be building and restoring women and men and right. children, right. putting everybody back in their place. What does it look like if a woman is um, sleeping in our house? What would you give them an image of a sleeping woman in our house? Well, of course, when you sleep, that uh, denotes being unconscious, uh, not aware of what is really going on. And sometimes people can be unconscious and their eyes are open. Or let's put it this way. They don't discern the time or what's going on with their husband or they don't discern his needs because we were created, you know, in the scheme of the whole scheme of things to be a help me to our husband. So I always say, and I kind of chuckle when I say it, I was anointed to help him. Yes. But if I'm asleep yes. to what he's trying to do, it's like if I'm not even interested in what God is uh his heart to do and i'm just sleep i'm just over here i'm not i'm not helping him then my place is kind of messed up you know because he can't be effective the way he needs to be without my help that's big you know i'm anointed to help him so that means i need to tap into i need to wake up yeah yeah. If I have not known what what makes him tick, what yeah. what passion burns inside of his heart. Yes. Yeah. What is it that he wants to do and accomplish? So I'll know where to focus my uh my help. Yeah. That yeah. he needs. So I can't be uh in a stupor and all into myself. And I'm not saying that you should throw away your dreams and your desires and stuff like that, because I believe that you complement and help one another. Yeah. But I have to, I have to be aware at all times where he is and what he needs for me as a wife. Yes. You know, I, I say this a lot. The Bible says that he that findeth a wife mm-hmm. findeth a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. He obtains favor because of me. Come on now. And a wife, not just a a woman. I'm a wife. There's a difference between a wife and just a woman. Women are just out there. They everywhere. (coughs) I know I just said something right there. There's women all over the place. They're displaying who they are. They're a woman. But a wife and is faithful and has all these attributes that support 
and bring glory. Yeah. Bring glory to God because you help bring out the best in the man that God has placed you with. Yes. Yes. And Apostle, what does it look like if a man is sleeping in his household? Um, one word that comes to mind is ignorant. Hmm. So just when a man is ignorant of his true identity, huh? when a man is ignorant of God's original intent for him, then he's malfunctioning. Anything that malfunctions shut down. Wow. Uh, and wow. So, uh, like we will say, family is the uh, is the foundation for society. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up one. The man is the foundation. Mm. The male man is the foundation. That's why God made him first because he dropped all this responsibility on him. He's responsible for nurturing and caring uh, and, and, and covering and providing for his family. Well, when a wife is nurtured and provided for, and, um, and I'm talking about sitting at home with a duster on and, and a old <laughs> basketball socks roll up to the knee, uh, I'm talking about she's free to be her. Well, he can't be asleep uh, on that. He has to be functioning as, as, as the foundation. That's what fathers are. And God started it out because God is father. Mm -hmm. And so the foundation of, uh, of, the, of the family is the man. Christ is his foundation. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he's going to, he's actually turning her, turning his wife loose to be her. That's how, why we have a Proverbs 31. You know, she, it talks about her and her household, her husband, but she's a businesswoman. Uh, and got multiple things going on all in a day's time. And it's like, how does she do that? She has the grace, the anointing uh, for that. Well, when I know that as a man, then I can't afford to sleep on the job. Come on. I got to know uh, so I can cover her in that. If I'm okay. asleep, she's trying to step into business ventures because she has the grace to do it, but she's uncovered. Wow. And wow. so and then the other thing is, you know, along with being ignorant, is is not knowing how to uh, to walk in, in my manhood. Wow. Because wow. too many get intimidated because for centuries and thousands of years, women have walked behind the man. And that was cultural. That never was God's intention. And because when God, if you go back and look at it, God took the man from, the, he made him from the dirt, from the dirt, formed him from the dust of the ground. But he didn't do that with the woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He took her out of his side, a rib. In other words, she has the very same DNA <laughs> that um, uh, Eve had the same DNA that Adam had. She just she's the female version of. It. Yeah. And so uh, when we start understanding who we are and what our our roles are, and then we sink ourselves into that, then the family becomes solid, 
and we come from the ground level of operation to actually sitting uh, uh, in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's where he seated us. We're to operate, our families are to operate from that level, not yes. just, uh, oh, I found a pretty woman, we get married, we're going to have some pretty children, and uh, at best we want three, and we're going to work hard and make a lot of money, and then we're going to get to a certain age, and we're going to coast on out. That's not living. To that person or those that group, they might think it is, but that is purposeless. Oof. Wow. And living life without purpose is just existing. My God. And so we've got to understand uh, that... Uh, the husband, the wife has a serious role to play because whatever we produce in this family nucleus, we're going to see that reproduced in our children as they get older. We've got, uh, uh, if you look at the scriptures, God dealt with Abraham, with Abram, then changed his name. He dealt with him about covenant and all of that type thing. And then uh, he dealt with him and Sarah, his wife. Then they brought Isaac into the picture. Yeah. You know, they had Ishmael, and God loved Ishmael, but he said, he's not the one that I'm going to do what I have promised you. And so God has made promises. And then after Ishmael came, I mean, after Isaac came, then God, uh, uh, he dealt with Abram, but Abraham had, Abraham had to teach Isaac about this God that he walked with. Yeah. And yeah. so when Isaac knew about God, then Isaac taught uh, Esau and, and Jacob. But the point is, this thing about family and God's purpose was established in three generations. Mm. And then what God promised started manifesting like crazy. The people started multiplying. Yeah. It's and so what the enemy does is he fights that foundation. You get the man out of place, you can tear that family up. Yeah. yeah. Y'all, and like, we've seen this all through society uh, that the man has been missing. Yes. Uh, and even some, when they were there working hard Not to provide, they still weren't there because nobody walked out a road before them yes. so they would know what their role was yes and so they were left a lot of a lot of our men were left to try to figure it out and you know unfortunately the one scripture they learned was on the head <laughs> on the head that's the one scripture they know but that means i i follow christ yes uh as christ is head of the church i'm head of of the family. Well, it also means that, that it means biblically that the man is the example. If you want, if you want love in your house, he's he's the foundation. He models it out, yeah. and everybody else follows suit. Yeah. If you want strife yeah. out, he, he he's a man of prayer and throws it out, yes. uh, and confronts whatever need, and everybody else follows suit. Uh, I think also we have to remember. That God is about his kingdom. Yes. And family yes. is a mini model of the kingdom, of the kingdom Come on. in operation. Yes. Wow. Oh, that's so good. Yes. It's a mini model. Many models. Yes. And if we don't understand the responsibilities, our roles, mm. then 
we will just be doing something and we'll say that it's of God. Yes. But if it's not of God, then he's not obligated to it. That's so um, that's so powerful. We are going to be out of time in a few minutes. And so I got a couple more things that I want us to cover, especially talking a little bit about the family motif. But I promise you, um, I keep hearing arise, oh sleeper. You are waking us up with just the jewels and just your presence. And it's needed so much because of the skew perspective of because we've accepted a fatherless generation as norm, um, because we as mothers, sometimes when we are forced into being single mothers, just kind of coast and resolve that as being the truth, right? No, no, these boys still need a father. And if they don't have a father in the home, then, you know, I'm big about surrogates. You make sure that they have surrogates who can speak into their life. Um, you can impart wisdom in them because as a woman, I will never, ever, ever be able to teach my sons how to be a man. I don't have the makeup of a man. I don't have the DNA of a man. I don't have the mindset of a man. And I think sometimes as women, because we become hardened, I'm just going to be honest, we become hard or we become... Um, so aggressive in reaching the end goal, we think that makes us man-like. We are never, ever man-like. We are the feminine side of God, and we'll never, never be able to do, do that. And so thank you for this, because I'm taking notes in my head and just reminding me this order, like even for when you said the family represents God's kingdom here on earth as the marriage in the household represents God's marriage to the church, right? He, mm -hmm. the, the husband loves the wife, the wife like the church, the church submits um, to the husband. There's so much in this and there's so much I wanna take from y'all. Um, so tell me this, um, what type of things can we do just give us like maybe one thing each, one of you, what type of things can we do to make our families a priority again? And then I wanna get into um, what this conference is gonna be about and invite everybody to the conference. Give them one tidbit. If I'm trying to restructure this, what is something that I can do to pull my family back again so that we can start making our family a priority again? Well, I would say it all starts with God. Like you said earlier, you know, the creator, go back to his original intent. So we have to go to God and say, Lord, where do I start with my family? I want to be the one that helps jumpstart getting my family back where you would have it to be. So it starts with me seeking God and letting him, you know, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct the path. So he will direct you on what to do, how to make peace, how to prioritize, how to, you know, do the things that make for peace in your family again. And uh, along with that is um, be willing and committed to letting go. Mm. We like to ask the Lord, you know, Lord, show me what I need to do and so forth. And when he does, we immediately start arguing because ah. we think yeah. that my mm. list my list is spiritual. I got it from the Bible. So what? The devil quoted scriptures and was 100% wrong. Yep. He quoted the scriptures right, you know, the part he quoted, but he was wrong because it was for wrong motives. And right. so if we're going to uh, uh, get 
the family make it priority again, hearts have got to turn. And the only one that can turn the hearts is the spirit of God. And so we got to be willing to let go and let him turn us. Mm -hmm. So tell us what can they expect next weekend? We kick off Friday night at 7 p.m. And you, um, I, I can't wait to see what you do. Um, I'm going to be sneaking over from the children and youth, like peering in. Can I get a glimpse? Just tell us. Friday night, we kick off at 7 p.m. We are um, at 7890 Middle Warren Road. You can come in, register online. I'm going to submit that information in just a second. But we're kicking off Friday night. What kind of things can they expect from the conference this weekend? Uh, the one word, uh, and I know some people use this uh, loosely, but the word that they can look for is empowerment. Being empowered with the truth. Uh, we're going to kick it off Friday night, uh, but then the, the, the team, our apostolic covering team, uh, including yourself, uh, Apostle Woodrow Parker, Apostle uh, John Delaware, uh, Pastors Paul and Shirley Smith, Dr. Jessica Yarbrough, uh, Dr. Uh, Roz Burks Adams. They're going Dr. to Davis. Yeah, Dr. Mary Dr. Davis. Yeah, Dr. Davis. Because see, when they talk about family, manhood, uh, you'll be like, oh my God, uh, no wonder I hadn't been successful because I've not known. I've mm -hmm. been operating in the dark. Right. So when all of these are, when they are turned loose, they're going to release the power of God to empower mm -hmm. everyone that will receive the word uh, and mix it with faith. They'll be empowered to begin to walk this out. It's not a one uh, conference thing exactly. and then, oh, everything is right. But I promise you, there will be a turning in I your know. life. You're and when we turn, uh, turning is not like these lawnmowers that people have now. They call zero turn. Yes. They stop on a dime and then turn around. That's yes. what we expect. But yes. the Bible says that we take the word of God in our mouth. And as we begin to speak it in faith, our life starts to turn like a rudder turns a ship. Yeah. And that, that ship has a wide swing in its turn, but it's turning. It's turning. And when it turns, you can't put it back on its original course because it's on a whole new course. Yes. But it's in the turn. And that empowerment will bring us to the place where our lives turn. Hearts turn, children turn their hearts back to the fathers, the fathers to the children. That's divine order. When yes. you got divine order, you don't have to huff and puff and uh, scream and holler at the enemy. Uh, you know, like our, uh, our, our folks did when we were coming up, they give us a look. And you knew exactly what that meant. That that meant that you did meet when you get home or whatever it was, because now there's an empowerment there. There's a communication. Uh, uh, things are, are in place. They're in order. And when order comes, the plane of God's mercy, the plane of God's uh, provisions began to land on the airstrip. And so all this begging and pleading and stuff like that, uh, God's already done everything. He's waiting on us to come after him with our whole heart, let him turn our hearts and to begin to uh, uh, receive his divine order. And it starts with the family. Yeah. You get the man and the woman in order. I'm telling you, you got a lethal weapon on your hand and the devil knows it. Yes. Amen. 
Thank you guys so much. I'm going to just for a second while we're here, flash on the screen, 2020-22, the family motif, um, Apostle John Delaware, Pastors Smith, Apostle Woodrow Parker, Pastor R.L. Davis, Minister Jessica Yarbrough, um, Rosalind Burke, um, Adams, you'll see all of us, thefamilymotif.org. You can go over to Eventbrite and get registered at the Family Motif over there. Um, we would love to see you this weekend, Friday night. We are going to have something available both days for the children. Do not think that your children won't be ministered to. We're kicking off so Friday evening. Um, um, at 7 p.m., we're opening the doors Saturday morning at 9.30. We will start promptly at 10 a.m. We have three workshops that are available. The kids will have workshops that are available. There's just going to be so much packed in this weekend. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss it. Go get your family. We got a continental breakfast. We got lunch provided for you. Um, we are creating an atmosphere for you to become nurtured, for your families to become nurtured. Saturday morning, we're going to be teaching your kids how to confess the word of God, how they can take the word of God and confess it over them, their yeah. own selves, because we want to build them up in the word. Friday evening um, in the youth department, Judah J is going to share a word, a small Amen. word that he has on Friday night as well. And then we're going to have fun with the kids. We have so uh, much packed in for you guys. So thank you, Apostle. Thank you, Pastor Cheryl. Um, can I, can yes. I uh, will you uh, also um, let, let all the listeners know that they can call, if they don't go through Eventbrite, they can call our office at 870-534-7378. That's 534-SERV, S-E-R-V, and 534-7378. Uh, and they can register that way uh, as well. But we look forward to having everybody there. And thank you for having us on. Yes. No, you know, I'd love to have you guys on. And we're going to have to bring you guys back um, just to talk more, um, especially as Friday afternoons are set towards purpose, Christ unveiling purpose. And I think you guys are the purpose gurus because um, I'm able to live a fulfilled life because of the things that you've poured into me. My sons are able to live a fulfilled life because you grabbed me and then I was able to be example and they're following after the example. So thank you for who you are to the body of Christ. Thank you for your labor of love. Um, thank you constantly for sowing and pouring. Um, we will see you guys next Friday um, at 7890 Middle Warren Road. Go ahead and get registered. We love you, Apostle and Pastor Cheryl. And we will see, and I will connect to all of you guys next Friday with our next special guest for Cup Christ Unveiling Purpose. I love you guys so much. Love, peace, and blessings.